Hey, you could be listening to next week's episode right now. Subscribers to But Wait There's More get early access every week. They enjoy ad-free episodes, ad-free archives, and they get bonus episodes every month. Just go to Apple Podcasts and enjoy your seven-day free trial now. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I worked for three different advertising agencies in my career. Two were part of large global advertising networks. The third was independent. That shop was a very different experience. There was no holding company lording over the ad agency, no long-distance bureaucracy. That independent ad agency offered a nimbleness conglomerates could never match. As a result, the work ruled the award shows. If you work at an indie shop, you know what I mean. And if you want to know more about what's going on in the world of independent agencies, go to IndieAgency.News. It's the member-led place where independent advertising agencies gather, meet, and grow. And there's an Indie Agency News show every day at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. IndieAgency.News tells you what's happening in the Indie Agency world. Campaigns and agencies are highlighted. Interviews with owners, leaders, and creative people show indie thinking. One more thing. If you're a marketer, IndieAgency.News is the place to find your next agency. Become a member. Go to IndieAgency.News and long live indies. This is an apostrophe podcast production. In 1949, FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover was being interviewed for a newspaper article. 
The editor asked Hoover to name the 10 most dangerous criminals the FBI was hunting. Hoover told him, and an article was later published listing the FBI's top 10 most wanted list. It attracted enormous attention, and leads from the public began pouring in. Hoover was surprised at how many successful leads the article generated. So on March 14, 1950, the FBI formally launched its 10 Most Wanted program. The Bureau began by creating Most Wanted posters. These posters showed photographs of the fugitives, along with information detailing all distinguishing marks, the crimes they were wanted for, and where they were last seen. For decades, the posters were put up in post offices, chosen because they were the high-traffic areas of every town in the country. In the 70 years since the Most Wanted posters were first issued, there have been over 520 fugitives listed. The very first criminal to have his mug shot on a poster was Thomas James Holden. He began his career with robbery, then graduated to murder. The FBI put out his most wanted poster, and Holden was arrested 13 months later after the Bureau received a tip from the public. The first woman on a wanted poster was a kidnapper named Ruth Eisman Shire. She was arrested soon after her face appeared on the poster. To date, there have only been 10 women on the FBI's most wanted list. James Earl Ray has the distinction of being on FBI posters two times. The first was when he was sought for the assassination of Martin Luther King. Ray was captured two months later when a Heathrow Airport customs agent recognized his face from the most wanted poster. The second time was when he escaped from the Tennessee Penitentiary in 1977. The ink on the poster was still wet when he was recaptured three days later. Over 490 most wanted fugitives have been apprehended by the FBI, and one-third of them were captured thanks to tips from the public. The FBI still creates most wanted posters today, translates them into foreign languages, and puts fugitive faces on billboards. You can view the current top 10 most wanted list on the FBI's website. There's even an app. Because getting the public's attention is job one. of using posters to attract attention has a long history in the world of marketing, and in particular, the world of movie marketing. All motion picture marketing begins with the poster. Creating iconic movie posters is a tricky balancing act, as they must please the director, the producers, the movie studio, and demanding movie stars. But long before J. Edgar Hoover discovered the power of posters, Hollywood already knew they could capture the public's attention. You're under the influence. Creating an effective movie poster is no easy feat. It has to express the very essence of the film in one single image. It has to highlight what makes the film unique. It has to capture not just attention, but the imagination. It has to be a poster that stands out in a sea of movie posters. The design has to make the director happy, 
the producer happy and the movie studio happy. Besides all of those demands, the movie poster must also feature all the wording, including the movie title, the movie tagline, a critic's review line, the movie distribution company, the movie studio, the actor's name, the director's name, the screenwriters, the producers, the casting director, the director of photography, the music composer, the movie rating, etc. And it all has to be expressed with a single creative idea delivered on time. Welcome to the difficult world of advertising. The very first movie poster was created not in America, but in France in 1895, 15 years before the first movie rolled out of Hollywood. It was for a film called La Rosseur à Rosé, done by the Lumière brothers. It was a 49-second movie, making it the first fictional film ever made and the first comedy, which, by the way, you can still find on YouTube. The poster showed an audience in a theater laughing at an actual scene from the film, a very strategic decision on behalf of the filmmakers. The movie was projected onto a white sheet hung in the basement of a cafe. The Lumière brothers set out 100 chairs, but the poster only attracted 30 people. The press chose to ignore it. Shocking, considering how historic that moment was. Early movie posters did not contain much wording, as the literacy rate was low in the early 1900s. And movie studios didn't list the names of actors on early posters for fear the performers would get too popular and demand more money. But by the Charlie Chaplin era of the 1920s, studios realized an audience would actually pay to see their favorite actors. So stars were featured on posters from that point on. Movie posters are either designed by the in-house marketing department of big movie studios or by independent design firms. Designers are expected to develop 40 to 50 poster ideas for a single movie before one direction is ultimately chosen. Then it goes through months of tweaks and input from all the various stakeholders. It's designed by committee, which is never ideal, but a lot is riding on a movie poster. Once the basic idea is agreed upon, the poster designer works with a copywriter to come up with the best possible tagline, then renders and arranges all the mandatory elements that must exist within the poster's borders. There are a lot of mandatory elements. All the credits at the bottom of a movie poster are referred to as the billing block. The billing block can eat up a lot of valuable real estate on a poster. You may think it's just the usual credits, but the billing block is the result of detailed legal agreements and intense contract negotiations. The billing block has increased a lot over the years. The New York Times noted the original Ocean's Eleven movie poster from 1960 only listed three non-cast members. The remake in 2001 had, coincidentally, 11. The studio marketing department wants an uncluttered poster, but the various craft unions want their members prominently credited. The Directors Guild and the Writers Guild require their members' names to be at least 15% of the size of the main movie title. 
Then, there are the stars and their agents. There is a massive tug of war when it comes to which name comes first on the poster. Talent agents negotiate hard to get their client's name above the title on the poster, which is to say, before the title. This signifies not only an actor's stature, but also showcases the star's ability to open a picture, as they say. In other words, the actor's very name will sell tickets. Therefore, putting that name above the movie title is a strategic marketing decision. Big stars like Tom Cruise, Julia Roberts, or Tom Hanks automatically go above the title. But lesser stars have to bargain for that, and sometimes the deals fall through completely over this one single negotiation. But what happens when two megastars are competing for the first above-the-title poster position? That problem came to a head during the 1970s disaster movie, Towering Inferno. The film had a big cast of stars, but the top two were Steve McQueen and Paul Newman. McQueen didn't want Newman to get first billing, and also demanded they both have exactly the same amount of lines in the movie. So a precedent-setting solution was struck. While Steve McQueen's name would be first above the title, Newman used a little jujitsu. His name would be second, but positioned slightly higher than McQueen's on the poster. That staggered compromise is still used to this day. If it's an ensemble cast of big names, like in the movie The Big Chill, the names will be listed in an alphabetical block. The last name in a long list is a preferred place to be, believe it or not, as the I usually goes there first. In that movie, Joe Beth Williams won the coveted spot. When the movie Outrageous Fortune came out in 1987, stars Shelley Long and Bette Midler both demanded top billing. So a Solomon-like compromise was struck. Half the marketing posters would list Long first, half would list Midler, which probably doubled the printing cost. When John Grisham's book The Firm was made into a movie starring Tom Cruise and Gene Hackman, the poster said, Tom Cruise on line one, a film by Sidney Pollack on line two, followed by The Firm on line three. But Gene Hackman's name was nowhere to be found. Surprising, considering Hackman had just won an Oscar for his performance in Unforgiven. But Cruz has a stipulation in his contract that his name must always be first above the title, as did Hackman. So Hackman made the unusual move of removing his name from the poster altogether. Hard to say whether Hackman was acquiescing to Cruz or if he was punishing the producers by not allowing them to use his name to sell tickets. And we'll be right back. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. 
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to season 10 of Under the Influence. If you're enjoying this episode, you might also like For Your Consideration, the Hollywood Oscar campaigns the public never sees. Season 4, episode 8. You'll find it in our archives wherever you download your pods. There have been some iconic movie posters designed over the years that have helped sell a lot of tickets. When the movie Alien was first discussed, the writer pitched it as Jaws in Space. He said he always had a problem with horror movies because people could just run away from the monster. But in a spaceship, everybody's trapped. The studio didn't know how to sell the movie. So the studio's chief hired Stephen Frankfurt, an ex-New York advertising agency creative director. Frankfurt knew it was a difficult movie to sell. He told the studio head he wouldn't accept a dime to work on the poster, but if they were to buy one of his ideas, he wanted $100,000. Frankfurt came back with a poster showing an eerie alien egg hatching with green gas escaping from it against an ominous black background. The tagline said, In space, no one can hear you scream. The studio chief slid a check for $100,000 across the desk to Frankfurt. Taglines are a big part of a movie poster. They carry as much communication weight as the main image. The sequel to Jaws wasn't great, but the tagline was. It said, Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. Hitchcock's Psycho poster didn't so much have a tagline as a warning. It said, No one but no one will be admitted to the theater after the start of each performance. For the movie Platoon, the line summed up the emotional crux of the story. It said, The first casualty of war is innocence. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre poster posed a question that drew horror fans in. It asked, Who will survive, and what will be left of them? 
And the hilarious poster for Chicken Run showed a freaked-out chicken holding a frying pan. The tagline? Escape or die frying. One of the most influential poster designers of all time was Bill Gold. He created posters for Deliverance, Bonnie and Clyde, Dirty Harry, A Clockwork Orange, and Hitchcock's Strangers on a Train, to name but a few from his eight-decade career. One of his most iconic was for The Exorcist. That classic silhouette of the priest standing outside the McNeil house at night, lit hauntingly by a streetlight, summed up the terrifying enormity of the task before him, which was the heart of the story. Gold also created the famous poster for the classic film Casablanca. Warner Brothers hired Gold right out of school. Casablanca was his first assignment. He was only 21 years old at the time. The classic poster for The Graduate captures the most notorious seduction in movie history. It shows Mrs. Robinson, a.k.a. actress Anne Bancroft, peeling nylons off her seductive leg as a young Benjamin Braddock, played by Dustin Hoffman, looks on. Everyone assumed that was Bancroft's leg, but 46 years later, it was revealed the leg actually belonged to actress Linda Gray of Dallas TV fame. She was paid $35 for the shot. The iconic poster for Pulp Fiction showed a 10-cent Pulp Fiction paperback book cover, complete with wrinkles and dog-eared corners, framing star Uma Thurman. The poster was retro-cool, perfectly capturing Tarantino's fresh and influential film. The long list of Pulp Fiction stars is contained in a block on the left side of the poster, with Bruce Willis holding the prized Last spot. The poster for the 1927 silent film Metropolis is a classic piece of design. Not only did the film pioneer the modern sci-fi genre, the poster uses a stunning Art Deco futurism. It is considered one of the most admired achievements in design to this day. An original poster from 1927 recently sold for $1.2 million. The poster for Alfred Hitchcock's film Vertigo is considered one of the best of all time. Designed by the famous Saul Bass, he used bright orange and a spirograph design to capture the feeling of falling into madness. The poster for The Social Network is highly regarded by movie poster designers. It was a difficult movie to sell. A poster showing a computer screen would not have been very compelling. On top of that, there was only one photo approved for the poster campaign, that of lead actor Jesse Eisenberg's face. So the designer placed the movie's terrific tagline over Eisenberg's face in bold type. It said... You don't get to 500 million friends without making a few enemies. It perfectly expressed the drama of the story. (laughs) 
some movie posters are better than the movie, like the cult classic Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. The movie was forgettable 50s schlock, but the poster was iconic, showing a giant woman sporting an equally giant décolletage and a very short skirt while she terrorizes a major highway. Some posters make a statement about the statement. The People vs. Larry Flint was a movie about censorship. The poster showed star Woody Harrelson wearing a Stars and Stripes loincloth, striking a crucifixion pose against a woman's pelvic area. Ironically, the poster was censored. The revised design was just a close-up of Harrelson's face with the U.S. flag across his mouth. Drew Struzan is also one of the great movie poster designers. He has done Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, E.T., Blade Runner, and George Lucas's favorite poster for Star Wars, to name a few. Steven Spielberg says he almost had to live up to the posters Struzan designed for his movies because they are that good. Another of Struzan's famous posters was for the remake of The Thing. He got a panic call from the studio one day saying they needed a poster for the horror film done overnight. Struzan asked to see the movie or at least read the script, but the studio said there was no time. They asked him if he was familiar with the original film from the 50s. He said, sort of, and they said, good, that's the brief. Struzan conceived, painted, and delivered it in under 24 hours. As a matter of fact, When it was put under glass to be photographed, the paint stuck to the glass because it was still wet. In spite of that mad rush, the poster is considered a classic. Actor Michael J. Fox says the movie poster is the first note of the piece. It is the beginning of the story. Clint Eastwood has said he's not sure what it is that first causes a person to become interested in a film. It might be the cast, it might be the title, or it just might be the poster. And there is one poster that almost all designers point to as the best of all time. There is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, And without logic, it lives to kill. A mindless eating machine. It will attack and devour anything. It is as if God created the devil and gave him Jaws. That famous trailer for Jaws was voiced by Canadian Percy Rodriguez, by the way. But before it was a movie... It was a book. Back in the early 70s, Roger Castell was an art director working for paperback company Bantam Publishing. One day, his boss handed him a hardcover copy of Jaws and told him it was going to be a bestseller. The black cover showed a woman swimming with a shark under her. But Bantam wanted more drama for the paperback. Castell did up a rough sketch. His boss liked it instructing Castell to make the shark larger and more realistic. 
So Castell went down to the American Museum of Natural History and took photos of stuffed sharks. Later, when he was sketching an ad for good housekeeping, he had the model stay a little longer and asked her to lay across two stools to simulate swimming. Castell did an oil painting of the cover art. It was much more dramatic than the hardcover. It showed a naked swimmer in cool blue water with the great white shark surging underneath her, mouth open, rows of jagged teeth glistening. And as a subtle design element, the J of the blood-red jaw's title resembled a fishing hook. The book cover was so dramatic, it was banned in Boston and St. Petersburg, Florida. Castell thought he might lose his job, but Bantam was thrilled with the publicity. The cover helped sell over 6 million copies of Peter Benchley's book within one year. At that time, Bantam allowed Spielberg to use the cover art as a movie poster free of charge. The only alteration was to strategically position some foamy bubbles around the swimmer's breasts. The movie became the first $100 million summer blockbuster. The movie poster became the most copied, plagiarized, parodied, and most honored of all time. If the Metropolis poster was worth $1.2 million, what do you think the original Jaws painting would be worth? The answer is, nobody knows. Universal toured the 20 by 30 inch painting around the country. Then, it disappeared mysteriously one day. Castell suspects it was either stolen by a fan or it secretly resides on the wall of a movie executive somewhere in the Hollywood Hills. Jaws is continuously shown on TV and is one of the most streamed movies to this day. But the original poster artwork was never seen again. The design of a movie poster is a masterful juggling act. It has to contain a single image that must express the essence of a two-hour film. And it has to keep the director, the studio, the stars, and a bevy of agents happy. The best of the best are works of art. But remember that movie posters are designed as marketing. They are meant to sell and sell hard. They must say so much and so little. The true measure of a movie poster is to leave you wanting more. When Spielberg said he feels like he has to live up to the creativity of his movie posters, you can understand his reverence for the art. Spielberg has also said that painted posters are becoming a lost art. He feels the new posters are digitally perfect, but they don't go after your imagination. They go after your wallet. And with the unstoppable advance of technology, it may mean the end of the paper poster. But posters, digital or otherwise, will always have a place in the world of motion pictures. Just as J. Edgar Hoover discovered way back in the 50s, a powerful poster can be very arresting when you're under the influence. I'm Terry O'Reilly. This 
episode was recorded in the Tearstream Mobile Recording Studio. Producer, Debbie O'Reilly. Sound engineer, Keith Allman. Theme music by Ari Posner and Ian Lefevre. Research, Allison Pinches. See you next week. Warning. This program contains mature audio, some language and descriptions of strong posters, only suitable for all listeners. Unauthorized reproduction or distribution will be investigated by Interpol. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Pull. Whatever that is. 